on today's docket for Cordially Indicted. This one is personal to me, though, too, like and not in like a I'm going to go off type of way, just literally like a just sincerely personal way. So yeah. I'm, I think I have some, some thoughts. It's not a referendum on anyone. It's just please understand that we our feelings get hurt. <laughs> We're sensitive creatures. Don't yell at me. <laughs> Don't yell at me. I can promise you that I probably cried about the very small mistake that I made about three times. No one hates me more than me. <laughs> I may splice I'm that sorry. in somewhere. Like, no one is as no one is as mad at me as I am. <laughs> right. Please understand this. Right. You are cordially indicted. Welcome to the courthouse, a place where we walk the line between couples planning their biggest day ever and the professionals who make it happen. Meet your counsel and co-host, Rachel Willis, a wedding planner, and Kelsey Williams, a wedding designer. The world is evolving and weddings are no exception. Navigating this industry can be as challenging as it is rewarding, and there's a lot of information out there. We're here to set the record straight and give our best counsel as you plan for the big day, no matter which side you're on. We're going to give it to you straight. This is a safe place for honest conversations surrounding potentially controversial topics in the wedding world. Be prepared for some strong opinions and harsh truths, but above all, a desire to bring clarity to an otherwise enigmatic industry. Feel free to reach your own verdict. And remember, we don't mean a judge. Allegedly. Cheers. Cheers. Hi. We are We're back. rocking and rolling with a, a, a glass of white in each well, I was going to say in each hand, but in each of our hands. <laughs> no, in each hand is fine. There's no judgment, right? I'd be fine with that. I'd be totally fine with that. We made it to episode five, by the way. Woo! Look at us. Those who, the girls who get it, get it. <laughs> Those who listen to episode one will remember there's a statistic that says the marker of a podcast is going to have longevity is making it to episode five. And here we are. Look at us. To all our non-existent haters. <laughs> or haters, but, underground haters. Because I hate right, our haters yet. of our like 12 listeners. I know, right. Thank you. <laughs> Three you of which are in Belgium. On the floor. <laughs> what the heck? I know. Yeah, you guys, we hit the Belgium market pretty hard. Shout out Thanks. to our Belgian listeners. I do love a good Belgian waffle. Thank you for that. They're probably going to tune out now. Yeah. Oh my gosh authentic though like with the sugar pearls and the oh I do love a seriously like a good Belgian waffle does mm. do the trick and I'm not a sweets person so you know what I mean that that's true that's true although a waffle Weird. is kind of just like a you know a waffled beignet you know the the remember that craze from a couple years ago where they were putting anything in a waffle press yes and just like paninis brownies chocolate yes. chip cookies pizza grilled cheeses I didn't not like that. I think more things should be in waffle form. Waffles are better than pancakes. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I eat pancakes more often because I don't have a waffle maker. Pancakes are certainly more accessible because you need a whole separate appliance Mm -hmm. to make it waffle shaped. But it's just something happens in that. Something happens between those two girdles that just just really makes makes magic. I tell you what it is. It's the built-in butter bowls that comes in the waffle. (laughs) That's right. But then you the get reservoirs with more sugar. 
and it either becomes icing it. if it's powdered sugar or just wells of sure. sugar syrup syrup a little like fruit runoff if you've got some like i really love like strawberries but that are kind of like sauteed with sugar and all that and they kind of makes mm. like a, straw- a, a strawberry fresh strawberry reduction. syrup kind of like a strawberries foster if you will oh <laughs> bananas foster on a waffle somebody make it happen somebody do and it and then call that us sounds up. amazing actually mm. so we Good can Lord. you know do research and development research and so development good. well this this has already gotten off to a running start of unhingedness <laughs> just like we like it so i think today's gonna be more unhinged than usual <laughs> just based on my general yes. demeanor today i apologize i was to say rachel has already identified as a menace <laughs> for the day so so you'll get some of that but um before we get any further want to i guess mention our topic today is going to be surrounding boundaries and mental health in the wedding and event industry just mm-hmm. want to make sure that you guys understand what we're about to get into want to be transparent and super clear about that from the get-go so hilarious that we have started so <laughs> weird considering that our topic our subject matter today is probably one of our more sincere Serious. topics <laughs> yeah it's because okay. we're indulging in some wine to help us get through this one yeah yeah we're good we're good and just you know just so you know we're both great like don't be worried about the topic but it's important that we shed some light as we are with all of our topics on the realities of what it's like to do this as your full-time job and even in any capacity just as with any other career path and any other life stuff there are some mental health aspects that I just love that as a whole and as a community and as a world we're becoming more aware of and making more important so yes we're gonna jump in on that yes I think it's important to note too we have you know opinions on some of these things but a lot of this will be our experience and just a very broad discussion like a true discussion of just like talking about these things without an agenda really I mean yes we're yeah anybody can glean some good from I think the points that we plan to hit Mm -hmm. definitely some yeah it is it's gonna be some I think it's just going to be a more sincere episode. Maybe mm-hmm. not like we're not taking anything to task per se. Just think of it as just event sesh. Event sesh. We love as those. We all know we definitely, those of us in the industry need our, our monthly, weekly. How long mm-hmm. how often do you have event sesh? Actually, you and I talk almost every day. So yeah, I think our like real intense event seshes, like face-to-face happen at Truffle Fry Tuesdays. You're so right. Yeah. That's our bi-weekly. If it hasn't come out yet, it's going to come out on Truffle Fry Tuesday. I have noticed that I feel more level-headed having, since we started Truffle Fry Tuesday, like I don't have as much pent-up frustration. (laughs) Do you hear that, Rosewood Mansion? Dear Rosewood Mansion, please sponsor a space for us every other Tuesday to record (laughs) in and then allow us to promote your delicious truffle fries and amaretto sours. (laughs) Which you guys, when I tell you 
The truffle fries at Rosewood Mansion are the best. On Turtle Creek. On I Turtle think we Creek. have to specify. Yes. Rosewood yes. is a hotel. <laughs> I want to call it a conglomerate because it's honestly so much more than that. But a hotel company that has multiple locations. But in Dallas, our property is Rosewood Mansion on Turtle Creek. Yes. And they have the best truffle fries. They are so good. I think, are they double fried? <laughs> they have to be. I am willing to fight you. They are the best fries. Like they are. if you think you're, if you think that you've had better truffle fries, you haven't. Mm-mm. Like I'm willing to die on this hill. Mm-hmm. The best truffle fries, the sweetest staff. They are so kind to us. They are starting I mean, to we, recognize us. They're starting to recognize us. I know. <laughs> um, if any of you are listening, we are the two girls that sit in the corner booth. <laughs> every other tuesday (laughs) hello it's us we love you we love your fries the amaretto sours are bar none i it's i think it's becoming it's certainly both of our go-to drinks we each kind of have our own um flair as far as tastes but we both are very much a fan of a good amaretto sour and no one else nowhere else has compared so Mm -hmm. so. It's just so all good. around good times and the hotel itself is absolutely stunning it's historic it has a lot of awesome uh, history and for dallas um the rooms are just magnificent so well appointed the staff is just concierge level i mean everything i could go on and on and it's a gorgeous Same. wedding it's and also venue. so under like i'm gonna say underrated only because i feel like when i have couples that come looking for a venue space rosewood is not usually on their list Mm -hmm. and i think it's just because they're just like so they're not downtown so there is that maybe but like i feel like they're just not as appreciated as they should be like no i think it's because it's a low-key effortless (laughs) elegance it's not as in your face but it's imbued like it is authentic genuine elegance like it is we don't it's, there's something that we say like what's known doesn't need to be said or what's understood doesn't need to be said yes yeah. and they are the epitome of that it is just it's gorgeous and yeah. i think maybe part of it is also that their their primary ballroom is is not huge so those mm-hmm. of us that have like those big blowout texas weddings can't fit everybody in there but the big lawn is definitely right. an opportunity Which- to be tented is their newest event addition that was not always a thing so if you kind of mm-hmm. grew up knowing and loving the mansion and you're not aware of the changes that they've made you may not be aware that there's a gorgeous event lawn that allows you to either tent out or just use the lawn as is but most people will tent it out um stunning yeah stunning stunning we love it food so was thanks for coming phenomenal. to our <laughs> i know like thanks for coming okay, to well, our not impromptu like ad reel <laughs> Not for a Nature, but like um, genuinely in love yes and they're just, just how we feel. fantastic we love it you know what though i think oh at God. one point i had mentioned like we should do some kind of local dallas shout out do you we, remember this yes forever ago i was and like consider I would this love- the first yes rosewood i, I could think of spot. no one better for our first <laughs> dallas shout out just hang out there they're so welcoming if you're not a guest you still get the five-star treatment it's a fabulous place to stay. I It's so sentimental to me. My first ever wedding with my company was at the Rosewood Mansion and just could not have been more thrilled with the service. So if you're looking to get married or just do a vacation or a staycation, 
Rosewood Mansion on Turtle Creek is very much endorsed by me. Mm-hmm. Cordially indicted stamp of <laughs> approval. <laughs> and my first ever Rosewood Mansion wedding was at the Rosewood Mansion. So that's my favorite. <laughs> my first Rosewood Mansion Therefore, it was is... indeed at the Rosewood Mansion. Therefore, <laughs> it is sentimental to me. <laughs> I love it. No, I do love it. Well, we have got um, some fun things in store as always. I feel like I say that every week, but things are things are getting fun. It's spring. So um, in the wedding industry, that's like our Christmas <laughs> a little bit. Things This is like when we're the most busy and the most things are happening and we're doing a lot of events and doing a lot of networking. Um, so we have a lot of events and a lot of networking coming up. All the networking. So very exciting. Tomorrow we got Arlington Hall. Yeah, which every year oh, is a good a one. Time. You just look forward to that one. That one is just you. You do want to make it to the Arlington Hall open house if yes. if you have a a pulse on the Dallas event industry for sure. They are fabulous and also historic, and so excited to see what they have put together this year. It's always a good time. Which we're recording this on a Monday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. The episode releases this Thursday. So by the time you hear this, it'll have already happened. But you know, keep we'll an eye been. out for <laughs> next time. Yeah, maybe we'll. Maybe this can be something we cover on cordially indicted stories. Ooh. So you'll have seen it. You'll have tuned in. You'll know. Look at that. You're welcome. So Boom. when you hear Constant. this, you <laughs> when you hear this, go to the Instagram and you can follow along. See all the fun things that we are yeah. gonna post. Okay, so we actually have to do it though. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at us at at both of us to keep each other yes. accountable to do that. We can do it. No, for sure. For sure. I yeah. can I'd be happy to man the cam. Great. Out and about. You're with, better at it than I am. With counsel. <laughs> great. Well, awesome. Well, I mean, hey, we had great weeks, I think. Um, mm-hmm. we're going into a fun weekend. Mm-hmm. Rachel has a wedding in Austin, so I'm tagging along and we're going to get her done and have some good food while we're down there. Uh, what else is happening? Is happening? Open house. That's I just, I think we just honestly have to take it week by week. It's spring. Like I I, it's, yeah. I finally am in a place where I've been able to process my double header weekend. <laughs> I say that. The, and the then, previous one. And then, the March, the yes. March double header. Yes. Yeah. So for those of y'all that don't know, I don't usually take, and I still don't. I just didn't, shouldn't even say usually. I don't take double header weekends. There were just some extenuating circumstances surrounding the two that I had that weekend. And they were both really, really good. Went off amazing. Both couples, you know, one couple called me the next day to talk about everything and just and regale the details of the evening and how well it went. And the other one sent me lovely texts as well and was like, it was so amazing. Things went off without a hitch. I am just now in a place where I'm like, that actually happened. It went great. And I can process and move forward because it has been, it it took me a while. I didn't consider myself a slow processor, but it took me some time and I'm very proud of how they both um, turned out. Some of the logistics that were involved on both were things that had never been asked of me before and involved a little bit more brain work than usual. I had great teams with me. Kelsey was there both days. So I'm still kind of riding that high, but it's been a bit of a gap between those two. And then this one that I have this Friday, which I'm super excited for. It's going to be a really fun, unique setup. So if you want to, again, check out 
my Instagram and Cordelia Indicted Instagram so you can see the behind the scenes. It'll probably be a fun one because it is a very unique setup. It's not your traditional wedding format. Um, but yeah, no. So I'm I am processed. I'm moving forward. I am about halfway through my weddings for this first half of the year. Actually, I'm a little over now. I'm over the hump. So I'm hey. we're we're entering cruise control. My feet, well. back, and knees have finally processed the double header. <laughs> <laughs> They're back with me, safe and sound. That took my ankles did not de-swell. Yeah. <laughs> until a week after the 12th. Y'all, this is physical manual labor. Which we are like, going to we're actually going to get clear. into. We're going to get into We're going to get into that right about now. Rachel, do you want to do our disclaimer? Oh my gosh. Rachel and Kelsey will have differing opinions from time to time as will you. The intent of the pod is not to offend, but to inform and educate as to how your decisions affect not just professionals involved, but you, your partner, your family, and everyone affiliated with the success of your wedding. We know this is emotional. Weddings are emotional and always we welcome you to make your own judgment. And these are just our opinions to garner an open discussion. Eh, almost. Blah. (laughs) I think the quirks would make it. I like it. Okay. Okay. Well, we now call this episode to order. Woohoo. Uh, So as mentioned in the beginning, boundaries and mental health are the name of the game for today's topic. We're going to discuss some of the hot points on this topic as we always do. Just want to run the gamut of what it is like to actually have the brain that we have, (laughs) the personalities that we have and all the things and things that you can consider as you're interacting with your vendors. If you are a client listening in or an engaged couple listening in or just interested for some reason. I have some friends that aren't engaged, but they're just here to support, which I so appreciate and love. Um, But yes, whether you're a vendor or a client, there's a lot to be learned. And we're going to be offering a little bit of an inside look on how our brains operate, which I think is a huge part of why this industry works the way that it works. Quick diversion. Do you ever feel like your job is a party trick to people? Like yes. when you meet, <laughs> when you meet someone. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Like, and that, you know, you get into it, you're talking to somebody, hi, I'm Rachel, yada, yada, yada. I always start talking and it's like, okay, well, what do you do for work? And I tell them I'm a wedding planner. Their eyes always pop out of their heads and they're like, oh my God, that is so cool. And I love that. Yeah. However, I do start to have the same conversation. <laughs> almost yes. every time and I, right. I love my job I love my work it's fantastic but it can be like truly I think we said this on with Corinne it's like we eat live and breathe weddings and events there's not a lot it's it's very hard to have a separation because it's so niche because everybody it's so ingrained it is. And everybody who's not in the industry still wants to hear about it and learn about it and talk about it, um, right. even in these non-professional settings, because it's so different from what they're hearing people usually say when they ask that question. Correct. It's so, that's so true. And yes, I completely agree. And now like even my, even though that I've moved full force into the design sector, I can't even begin to get into that. Um, I'm, I'm, I hope that one day I'll be able to confidently answer the question, what do you do with, I'm an event designer, not a wedding planner, just because even that's more digestible. <laughs> People <laughs> kind of get an idea that like, J-Lo? <laughs> like, um, if that's uh-huh. what helps 
you understand, then I guess. But I just want to be clear that no, I do not do almost anything J-Lo did in that movie, the least of which probably wearing heels during a wedding. You know what, though? There are a couple of wedding planners that do wear heels and more power to them. I don't I'm, get it. <laughs> I'm a, I don't get it. I am so... I, I cannot express the admiration I have for those planners. Like I because, can do like a blow heel or like a low chunky heel, but absolutely oh no. not. Talking, a, I'm like, talking stilettos. Pointed toe. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm like, I, it's just not feasible for like my, it's just not my ministry. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'll say that. It's not my ministry. Um, But yeah, I, I love that people have that reaction, but I think, that because of how ingrained and intuitive this career path becomes to us, it really does start to feel like you eat, sleep, and breathe it. And that has a whole lot to do with what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. It it really just sometimes can feel like it, it not and like none of this is to sound negative, but there's an aspect of it that feels like once you're in, you're kind of like bound to it. And it takes over. It takes over your life a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would say it took over my life a lot. Takes over both of our lives quite a bit because of the accessibility and availability that is intrinsic to being a wedding planner specifically. Now we'll cover, we'll run the gamut of how this can affect all vendors, no matter what it is that you provide to a wedding. But speaking from planner experience and now moving into the design sector and even already feeling a shift of the vulnerability and the accessibility that comes with being the person that is your couple's touch point. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot to digest there and a lot of things that people I think should just be aware of. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a personal, like generally speaking in this industry as a whole, it's a very personal high touch industry like we're all there to be a part of one of the biggest milestones in people's lives and it just by nature becomes very personal like even I always you know sell sell myself literally (laughs) (laughs) in a way though in a way in a way it's not it's not a joke I sell myself (laughs) but I sell my I sell myself as being a very personal high touch service and to me like that like in relation to of uh, that's in relation to others within our industry even those that i would consider to be not as high touch or not necessarily as like custom or curated are still offering a very personal experience compared to like an accountant or right anything else really no matter what attempts are made, this is not a strictly business relationship. And if it is strictly business, typically tell me what you're doing. Those <laughs> events, yeah, and like uh, that part, but those events are not feeling the same way as when that bridge from business partnership to almost like a friendship. Like I think, and some people take the friendship aspect to different degrees. But there's some amount of like friendship and relationship and fellowship and all the ships (laughs) that occurs from that first meeting to the wedding 
there's a connection that occurs. And that is the beauty of this industry. That is absolutely not something that you can replicate. However, there's some very important aspects to that that are important to touch on so that we can remember that vendors and people in this industry are human and really humanize and normalize the brain work, the emotional work, the mental labor that goes into everything that we do. I think maybe we should start with two, start with our boundaries that we had slash have, or in your case, plan to have. I would say, so like I said, I'm, I consider myself a higher touch vendor and I'm okay with that. I do have the capacity to take a more friend role on with my clients than I think some planners are comfortable with. And I understand where they come from. Like, for example, I do allow my clients to text me. There are some planners that are like, don't text me at all. And that's, you know, we all need to be okay with figuring out what works for ourselves. I can understand both sides of that coin. Yeah, 100%. for sure. And I, I totally respect the ones that don't want clients texting them because it is a little jarring, you know, even though I allow clients to text me, if I see a text come through for a client, my immediate thought is, oh my God, what went wrong? It kind of sends you into fight or flight a little bit. Just a like little, you're just, just a hair. We're going to get into this too. I feel like we're, we're very, we're doing a very good job of introducing and segueing, but there's an element of like needing to turn it on that occurs. And I, mm. this is why I can understand why some, some vendors are strictly email and not wanting to have that informality of the text message because every correspondence that you have with a client feels very important to you as a vendor. And mm-hmm. so if those are coming through text, it then kind of turns text messaging into something that could potentially be stressful or like now needs to be kept track of and all those things. But well, continue, please. Yeah. The thing I think I hear most commonly is that we, I mean, at any given moment, we all have a million things going through our heads. Like, I, as a planner, have a fewer a number of clients, but it's because I have a million details per each client to keep track of. A DJ may have a ton of weddings, but their scope of for each one, while yes, it's still going to be very detailed, is not quite to the extent that I'm keeping track of because I have all these other elements that I'm doing. So I think, you know, when it comes to like the actionable items that I have to keep track of. You know, it's hard for planners, especially, or anybody really, to have that paper trail of things to keep track of via text when they're just kind of coming in versus an email that's like, okay, I just go to the email, I search my thing, and I know exactly what's going on. What I would say is, that's where I hear the most common feedback on the reasoning for not having clients text is because they are saying like, you know, there's a possible chance that what you send me via text won't get done. Because the trail is gone. Or if it does get done, there's no way to kind of have like a thread of confirmation that it did get done. Now we have to start searching through text messages. Yeah. And it makes it more challenging. And I understand that for sure. I usually tell my couples like, you can text me. I allow that. I'm happy to be that person for you. I like that personal relationship. I like feeling like we're friends. I feel like it allows me to have more honest conversations with people like obviously in a professional way, but it just, it feels like it allows for a little bit more 
candacy, I guess, whenever, especially when mm-hmm. we're having tougher conversations. But mm-hmm. I tell them I may not do an actionable item for you that evening. Text me. Sure. Right. I might be in a movie. <laughs> Put it on my radar. Put it on my right. radar. And then the next morning I will I say, hey, Siri, you know, remind me to do, to do this the next morning if I need to. Um, but I don't. Oh, Siri actually did. Sorry, Siri. <laughs> it is the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> Siri's always if this listening. is not a, if this is not proof of that. Oh, my gosh. Oh. He's still thinking, oh my God. So yeah, that I mean, for me, where my boundaries are, are a little bit more squishy. It works for me where I have had the, the creeping feeling of, I guess, anxiousness has come in with actual ability to step away fully when needed. Like, for example, don't everybody collectively all at once, but, but you know, my grandfather <laughs> passed away a couple weeks ago. And thankfully, I'm in this position where I can make my own schedule and I could tell my clients that I had meetings with, you know, I'm going to have to go out of town and I'm going to work remotely. And the ones that I talked to were, you know, fantastic. They were very understanding. It was phenomenal people I'm working with. So, um, but for me, it's still very hard to completely step away and feel like I can take time off that is not given to people in advance, if that makes sense. Because like most of my stuff is scheduled pretty far in advance, but like when something happens, it's this awkward, okay, I need to, I need to step away and I need to ask for some time. And the ones that, you know, it's immediately relevant to are pretty easy to like, let them know like, Hey, I'm not going to be able to make this meeting in person. Can we switch it to zoom or reschedule it? But the ones that weren't immediately relevant to it or immediately like affected by it. Like couples that just were emailing me questions for the sake of emailing me questions. Like, well, how do you handle that? Do I tell everybody I'm out and why I'm out? It's just, it was kind of awkward. So for me, that's where I'm reevaluating how I need to draw that boundary and make that policy because, you know, and I have great admiration for those with kids because kids oh get sick. <laughs> kids yeah, it's just such a jump off of things. Occurrence. Yeah, they just right. do stuff. Fall, you know? climb. And the next thing fall, you know, you got a broken again. arm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, just kind like, of tricky. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally understand that. I had a similar experience, but not, you know, I mean, I, I, I know that as a culture, like we have adapted to like the role that dogs play in our lives and <laughs> I know that there are some people that would still kind of shake their head at this, but my baby, my dog passed away um, near Thanksgiving of 2021. Mm-hmm. And it was a rapid process. It was, he was very young for him. He was an English bulldog, but um, he passed away in a time frame that we would not have expected. It was like he was diagnosed with a brain tumor and then like just things happened and it swept me off my feet. And I even admittedly did had did not have, like my reaction was not something that I expected. I knew I would need some time off, but I was not expecting to be gut punched the way that I was. Um, 
And I kind of tried, once he got the diagnosis, I kind of tried to like put out there to clients that like you said, immediate relevancy events that are occurring in, you know, the next maybe two months. Um, I put feelers out or just put a SOS out, I guess a little for lack of a better term, just saying like, this is probably happening soon. So like, let's see what we can handle and, or give you a recap of what all is handled and here's why we're in a great place. So like, even if I need to take some time away, um, you don't have to worry or stress. And for the most part, I got, of course, an incredible amount of sympathy and love and respect on that. Um, and initially everyone was in agreement with the terms and the boundaries that I had tried to prepare them for, because it was like, he wasn't, he hadn't passed away yet, but he was going too soon. And I knew that. And so I thought I was doing the right thing by putting the the word out there by saying, well, when he does, I will need time away. Well, people, you know, once it actually happened, there were some anxieties that kind of crept up on those clients whose events were around the bend, just the regular anxiety that you get when your wedding is close and they needed a shoulder to lean on. And up to that point, I had been that shoulder and they wanted to talk to someone. And even though I had said, here's what I will need in order to function, <laughs> um, it was hard for them to accept or to, 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 to remain in alignment with what we had discussed previously, because well, now my wedding's coming up and I'm really freaking out about this and you aren't there for me or like, you're not being as responsive as you were before. And like, what am I supposed to do about that? Because like, I'm super anxious now. And there's this thing that came up and I really want to answer on it right now. And it definitely showed me that like everybody is fallible. Um, it, it made me nervous, kind of like in the same way you're saying, it's like, how do you navigate when you feel like you've said all that you can say and you've done all that you can do, but like you cannot predict where people's anxiety will flare up. You can't predict how events will transpire. Sometimes things just come up out of nowhere that, oh, when we talked about this initially, it was fine, but now we are having an actual issue and it needs to be addressed. So that was an example of a time where I felt like I really needed to take a deliberate step back and it was uncomfortable doing so in the first place. And then once I tried to kind of own it and say, look, like I need this time, I'm very out of sorts. And then still being hit up and emailed and questioned and where are you? We need you. That it made me nervous and it made, it kind of set a precedent for me to feel like, oh, I guess like I'm essentially shackled to this. Like I'm, I'm a planner and I'm in the wedding industry. And that means I don't get to have grief. I don't get to have time off. I don't get to set boundaries like that without there being backlash. And so that was a really tough, tough thing to process. I don't want to say a lesson to learn because what it really spurned is me trying to figure out, well, no, that's not really realistic. I'm a human being too. There's no way that I can sell my soul to this and never have time to feel and never have time to, to address the things that go on in my personal life, just because I've chosen to enter into wedding work. So we're, we're going to try to see if we can dissect that and figure out like, what is the, (laughs) what do we do? You know, but that, that's the point of this. That's the, that's the real raw truth of it. Yeah. Those are our stories. It is hard 
too, because most of us, I think I would, or I could say all of us, I think everybody in this industry is a people pleaser. And we don't like when we think people are mad at us or upset, or we did something. We overthink every interaction. We're very hard on ourselves when things go slightly awry, or if we think that the client may think that something is awry. It's just a vicious cycle of overthinking really. So it's, it's tough to, because we're just all wanting to do our best for, you know, our clients and our families and things to that nature. Yeah. So I mean, please know that we are just like big on the part that we are human. So with humanity and with being a fallible human, there will sometimes be mistakes. There will sometimes be things that fly under the radar that as vigilant as most people who are established planners and vendors are, there are still going to be certain things that either A, just because we're human, like I don't want to overlook the fact that there's times when because I'm imperfect that there's something that may slip through the cracks. The second part of that is there's times when I have made every arrangement attended to every detail and there are still multiple players in the ring and I can't (laughs) be (laughs) in charge of their execution to the extent that I can make them do every single thing that maybe was promised. Everybody has, there's a certain amount of self-sufficiency and honor code that happens, especially on a wedding day. We can't be everywhere at once. So if we've discussed something, if it's in writing, if it's been discussed on the day of, if we've shake, shook hands on it, whatever, I need to just know that that is my promise from you as a vendor that you're going to get the job done as we have agreed. And if that doesn't happen or if there's a miscommunication or if there's a misunderstanding, there are times when things that should have gone well sometimes there's a little bit of a hiccup big retweets yeah it's just there's a hiccup sometimes we get a bad case of the hiccups and you just have to understand that you know we're doing the best that we can because of that people pleasing because we again have virtually become friends with you in like this short span of time I've gotten to know everything there is to know about you how you met your love story your family dynamics all these things that are imperative to know to make an event a wedding specifically successful we're like joining two families into one and you know there's potentially family dynamics that like even you guys have not addressed until this moment and now I'm being brought into the ring because everyone's invited to the wedding So like, imagine the stress of having to shoulder, not just the logistic and aesthetic aspects of your wedding, but the emotional aspects of your wedding. That's a huge, huge blow to carry. And it's one that we volunteer ourselves to do. So it would be nice if we could like address our personal life (laughs) occurrences (laughs) every now and then that would be awesome. Because we're, it's a lot that's not necessarily being asked of us, but we are certainly taking on our shoulders when Mm -hmm. it comes to weddings. Yeah. And it is, it is all self-inflicted, right? Like this is an industry of small business owners. So like it is on us to establish what those boundaries are, what we need from people and to put out there, like what is sustainable for us individually. But, you know, we're making some very general broad statements that hopefully either 
allow for a sense of solidarity or <laughs> it can be somewhat educational, yeah. but yeah, it's just, I mean, the onus is on both parties too, because both parties, you yeah. the toxic perfectionism where there's times when things are not being asked of us by the other party, we are internally beating ourselves up with the expectation that we have set for ourselves and uh, and half the time they're like you're doing great like I don't even know what you were worried about we're like I don't know am I (laughs) (laughs) I know I've had like six examples of that like in the past four days (laughs) we decided we're gonna do a little glossary of terms both toxic perfectionism both like legit terms like what is a linen and why do we keep saying it and also things we've made up like wet md but be expecting that to come around in the next couple of weeks, months. I'm not sure. But toxic perfectionism is our term for today. Rachel has coined this um, as something that it's basically, you know, you've heard of toxic positivity or toxic this, that, the third. Toxic perfectionism is when you are doing a good job and don't think that you are and are beating yourself up potentially for no reason. Because when you think everyone that it's is not- happy in the situation. Yes. <laughs> in reality. <laughs> but you so think it's not good enough. By your definition, it's not perfect. And like Kelsey and I have the elusive perfect wedding that I always strive for every time. And it's, I know, I haven't haven't had it yet. Obviously, you know, all of those clients who've already gotten married, just because there are things on the back end that you don't know about. <laughs> Um, no, we're talking perfect, perfect. Like there are little things that are really neither here nor there, like not a big deal at all. It's right. just quick little hiccup, easy fix, but that's it, fine. it technically is a ding and you can't call it a perfect wedding. Correct. For me, <laughs> what I define as the perfect wedding is essentially like, I didn't have to, I didn't have to problem solve. Every vendor did exactly what they said they were going to do and had no questions, no issues. It was just like just smooth basically if I operating like a well-oiled machine yes if I were not there that day it would have all gone the way that it needed to go and like Mm -hmm. truly not one single little tiny thing big or small would essentially like be the thing that tips it whether it's a perfect wedding or not now I've had like not so close and literally like got ruined because the DJ mispronounced the last name of the couple no everything else was fine everything else was absolutely perfect the wedding literally ran itself but the mc mispronounced um the vowel sound in the couple's last name and everybody there was like an awkward pause or awkward like who are they we don't know them this is not that wedding and then they came like do we like everybody knew it was wrong because half of the people in the room had the last name Oh my gosh. It's like, it's just something like that. Like, nope, I don't, I can't call it. (laughs) No, I feel like I had something, I had something super small at one of mine and like, and again, it's just like yours. It's like the couple yours for yours. The couple probably thought it was either funny or they were like, Oh, LOL. Like not a big deal. We're good. Not a big deal. It's fine. Um, so like for them, that's still their perfect. They had a perfect wedding day, but like for us, it's just this extra step of like, truly nothing goes wrong. And the one that I had, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Cause like I was on track. I think we got through ceremony and then something happened 
either beginning of reception or into cocktail hour, something happened. And I said, dang it, I lost it. And then, but then the rest of the <laughs> night, everything else was like perfect again. I was like, oh, this yeah. is so close. What was it? So close. It was so small. I too. remember you texted me about it. It was an Austin wedding. I think it was a wedding you were in Austin. I had asked how it went and you were like, we got really close. And I can't remember what. Oh, no, that's a different one. <laughs> Oh, that's different. Okay. So that's you've like, had two really close calls. I did. So one, the Austin, the Austin one, oh my God, I'm going to tell this story, um, was everything super smooth, going fantastic. And then I realized that I had left the welcome sign in Dallas oh, next Jesus. to my computer. Mm, so Jonathan, one. my sweet, sweet husband, had to drive to Austin and bring it. And I do love him. I know he's just uh, he wins husband of the year oh. award forever for that. There's nothing like there's nothing like that feeling though that like pit of your stomach sinking feeling when mm-hmm. you are in bliss because of everything's going so well and it hits you. Something went awry. You realize what the thing is and you're like, uh. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I will never be able to produce that sound again. <clears throat> I'm gonna isolate yeah. it and make that your ringtone. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank but you. But no, As he you brought should. it. He brought it to me, and it made it in time. Nobody, nobody knew. So it was, yeah. it was fine. But it's just like, oh my gosh, yeah. I can't think of the other thing because the other thing was like truly so minuscule that it was so upsetting. Yeah. That the Austin we'll one was obviously a little bit. It was a little bit bigger, but yeah, no. I mean, yeah. Well, and you that's know, something we will that, beat ourselves but... up. We will yes. beat ourselves up way more than anyone else possibly could. Like trust that. Trust oh my that. God. I sat there. There is no one more mad at me right now than me. Yeah. There's but- nothing you could say or do that would be worse than what my internal dialogue is doing to me. <laughs> it's so true. I promise you that. It's the worst. And I like and I will stew on it for days, weeks even, depending on what it might be. Like, oh my God. I will sit there yeah. and just marinate in the shame, even if it's not a big deal. And so important to know, like for both, again, like vendors, planners, couples, it, something that's so important to note is that just in order to like maintain your sanity and keep your self-esteem intact and not just feel so, so defeated by the situation is like knowing that if things go awry, take into account the scope of the entire event. Don't let one little slip derailed the whole experience don't have a flawless fantastic amazing fun beautiful wedding and allow one little moment to smear the experience in its entirety I've certainly had moments like we both had moments where like you said like aside from that one little thing everything was picture perfect and on top of that the couple didn't even know. So like to them, it really was picture perfect. To them, it really was a great day. But I've had other situations where we will have had a phenomenal night, a phenomenal evening by all accounts. And maybe there's a miscommunication. Maybe there's like just everything so well-intentioned, which is what I think bothers us the most is that like our goal and our desire is to be so spot on and to give you this unreal illusion of like perfection 
basically. Like we want you to feel like you were floating on clouds the entire day. And that's genuinely in our heart what we want to happen. And you manage to create that experience. And then maybe at the very end, there's a just genuine, honest misunderstanding. And like I've had people snap at me at the very end, like, wow, we had a really great day. And this very fixable problem caused you to completely lose it on me, the people around you, like whomever was in your vicinity got an earful from you, even though A, we're already working on fixing the problem. We're already in the process of adjusting and making it work. If we all stay calm, it will feel like this was meant to be, or it'll feel, you know, kind of like nobody knows it's a mess up unless you tell them it's a mess up. And it's like, wow, this whole beautiful, perfect day just gone completely to waste because like now there's a, there will be this stain on it forever that like, I know all my, it also makes everyone feel like all their efforts were in vain. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes you feel like you can't even miss one step. And most people don't like that feeling like in any job that you have, you don't like feeling like there's absolutely no room for error and nothing that you do and nothing that you've done right up to that point matters because there's one thing that went wrong. It's really, it, it's like a, it's like a sucker punch to the self-esteem. Like the ego is like very, you have to, you you just have to humble yourself a whole lot to be in this industry, I think is honestly the, probably the biggest takeaway. Mm, yes. And that on top of like, uh, like the physical labor and the. I was going to say, look at, and- look at that segue. <laughs> look at us. Let's get into some of the, that physical recovery time and Girl. all that. I mentioned this, not even meaning to relate to this, but yes, come on now. Like I don't have Megan knees. I can't do all the things. Megan knees. Who the heck? What? Megan the stallion. You never heard of Megan knees? Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Megan knees is like some of the stuff that she I'm like gonna look it up right now. And like her dance, it's it basically means strong knees that can like bend and get back up without some oh, this sort is of grunt. A urban dictionary definition. Yes, it is. <laughs> I Wait, know. Oh my god, her urban dictionary. <laughs> Megan knees <laughs> is a superlative awarded to those able to expertly move their lower body to a tight rhythm. In other words, people use it to describe superbly talented dancers with a great deal of stana, stamina and some buttock power. <laughs> buttock. <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh. God. That's incredible. My yeah, no, I ain't got don't that. Don't do what they used to do, what they're supposed to do, any of it. So there's a physical toll that being on your feet and not just being on your feet and standing and looking around, we're actually lifting and moving and we're throwing you know linens out on tables and there's shoulders involved and there's walking across great expanses of space depending on the venue that you pick if you pick some sort of like estate style venue that's the hard part for me is just the standing and the walking like it's mostly the standing because like the lifting and things like that I mean I try to keep it to a minimum because I tell people I'm the brain I'm not the manual labor but the walking in the standing for 12 plus hours and having I mean yes I'm out of shape fine but like even with that aside (laughs) you got me (laughs) 
still though, like I feel like in my best of shape, it was still a toll. Like I can recall things from years ago, like after our first, the first time I experienced this, it was after our first open house at the Dallas Arboretum. And it was the first event to that scope that I had done. And I had what we have coined event hangover. There was no mistake about it. I woke up the next day went into the office because the the open house is always on a weekday. So the next day is a work day. I went into the office and I felt like a zombie. I was like, I had nothing to drink alcohol wise. I just interacted with people and put on this event and did all the trimmings of the setup and the execution and the production. And the next day I felt like I could just die. And that was (laughs) what we call event hangover. It's it is a mental a and physical hangover. phenomenon, and it is worse. I would argue anybody down into the ground that it is worse than a regular hangover. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't even like, I was going to say, because it's not like there was alcohol involved. I know. We <laughs> didn't even get the joy. You're like, yeah, you don't even get the joy <laughs> of getting lit the night before. Instead, <laughs> you're re- <laughs> you're corralling other people that got to drink. <laughs> and then sure. that's how the end of oh your day gosh. is rewarded. And then the next day. You wake up and it's like, oh, my body <laughs> is gone. Yeah, and you're just like, because you, you, it's, it's the best work. You can't get this type of workout in a gym. You have flagged people down. You've herded people like cats. You have lifted furniture in some cases. You have done everything there is to do. It's like CrossFit on steroids doing an event. And there is a mental tax as well that you pay by being as a planner the ringleader, the person in charge, and the one with all the answers. Because not only are you executing, you're answering questions in real time. There's things that change on the fly. There's things that go on that some of these, you know, issues or hiccups that we mentioned that couples are none the wiser to, but like we go based on the plan that we've spent countless hours creating to try to come up with the best possible solution. And sometimes it's nowhere in the plans. It just happens. Sometimes it just falls out of the sky. Rain, for example. (laughs) You know, you just have to figure it out and the mental and physical toll is unlike anything else. So that is why you're just not going to hear from me on a Monday. Give (laughs) me a minute. Give me some time. I have spent all week preparing for the execution of your wedding to go on to execute it on a Saturday or Sunday or whatever. On Monday, I need to refigure out who I am as a person. (laughs) check in with those who I love, (laughs) make sure that things in my life are in order. Mondays are like essentially our weekends. It's, it's, you may wonder like why people don't get back to you on a Monday because you're in work mode. You've, you've had the weekend off, you're refreshed, you're energized. You are ready to go and get some questions answered and some tasks checked off. And that's totally understandable. But for event professionals, Monday is a very, very sacred day. It's a day that we get to recuperate, go get a, a massage or a mani pedi or you know just regain our consciousness basically <laughs> and live our real lives outside yes like we are reborn on mondays <laughs> you're a shell sure. on sunday <laughs> what did i say a husk a husk <laughs> and that depends completely on how much water i've had too because then we're not hydrated like we're running around like crazy i have completely put all of my needs to the wayside my physical and mental needs have gone on the back burner in order to execute your physical and mental needs for a day Jonathan that is knows. a task 
Jonathan knows that on the days after a wedding, I am not to be disturbed. I am not to be looked at, breathed in the direction acknowledged. of, not acknowledged, that I am essentially dead to the world from the moment I hit the pillow until the spirit moves me to remove myself from the bed. And even right. then, things need to be kept to a, a minimum as far as what is required of me. <laughs> we all have our own recuperating mechanisms or like some people don't want to be touched at all. I'm a person that I like need the foot rubs, need the back rubs. Mm-hmm. Our tradition with me and my boyfriend, Sam, is that when I get home from weddings, I'll have a sonic Coke with lime waiting and a hot bath. And then I probably am struggling to keep my eyes open at that point, but he will go ahead and rub my feet if like I'm still awake. <laughs> and, you know, everybody to each their own, but like, it's, it's like that. And we do it willingly and we know what's to come. We know how we're going to feel and we love it. So we keep doing it. Yes. I think it is there's balanced. Just such a, like it, it, there's such a importance of understanding that this isn't just happening. This isn't just without consequence, but the sacrifices that are made are, you know, we're not looking to be like applauded necessarily, just treated with some, you know, sensitivity and sincerity in times when we do need to take a step back. We do need to address things in our own lives. All the things, just keep those things in mind. Because it is like, it is balanced out by the high that you get the next day when you think about it. And it's like, oh, that went so well. And then the couple's yeah. usually texting you and the content is rolling in and you're looking at stories and the photographer yes. may have sent a, you know, day of sneak. Shout out Sammy Catherine. <laughs> oh, thank you, girl. We love you for that. Love those. So, yeah, I mean, like that alone rejuvenates the spirit so much, but mm-hmm. like, you know, it does take a little bit for my feet to start to feel like I can walk on them without wanting to. Yeah. It is sore for sure. Yeah. But on anyway. that note, on that note, something else you need to understand, because this is the type of work that we're discussing putting in every weekend. This is why when you say, but I work nine to five Monday through Friday, can't vendors just meet with me on Saturdays or just meet with me on the weekends? No, no, we Some can some can and some will some can but it's a just because they can free time does not necessarily mean available time to give away it shouldn't be the expected default (laughs) correct so if I'm not doing an event on a Saturday or over the weekend that is a rarity for me that I may get to spend some time with family or friends that I don't typically get to do because my default setting is not having available weekends so even if I do happen to have the errant available weekend it would be awesome if, you know, we can, we can use that time to be a part of regular society, (laughs) (laughs) do things when other people's doing, I want to be where the people are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just keep those things in mind. We're working really hard on the weekends more often than not. So if we get that like unicorn Saturday off, it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? If anything, am I just going to sleep? That's an option. That would be cool. I think I think Corinne is a big um, advocate for the post-event sleep. Yes. 
Sometimes you just need to. Sometimes my body just, there's no other option. I'm trying to wake up and my body is slamming me back into REM sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately. No, you are going back. I'm like, my eyes are open. I saw, I heard birds chirping. I saw the sun and like somehow I'm back. Like it's just, it just depends on the, the tax that you have the toll that the event of the previous evening has had that's mm-hmm. all I think photographers are probably the next in line as far as the ones that physically get beat you yeah. know because they're they're on their feet as much as we are maybe just a hair less depending on the package that's booked but like they are have you I, I call it photographer yoga have you seen photographer yoga where... I've seen photographer cardio. Okay. <laughs> Both though. I've seen photographer like aerobics. I've seen that too. Like they're running. Like <laughs> something's happening across the room and they take off running to go capture it. <laughs> Outland weddings. So Shout true. out. Outland <laughs> weddings. Saw it with yes. My own Cameron. Eyes. Yes. No, actually, no. Cameron, I think, is the reason that I, between Cameron and Brandy, I came up with photographer yoga the contorting of the body to get the angle to get the shot to hold your body in a position that is not natural in order to get not just one shot actually they have to get multiple because somebody always blinks that right I think they they're like right next in line behind um behind the planner only because the planner would potentially be on their feet for a longer period of time Right. Yeah. There's so many different things that have to be considered totally as a photographer and like knowing that you're the thing that people are a lot of times investing really a lot of the resources in because, you know, people understand the value of the fact that the the pictures are really what's going to be the the tangible result of all that, that hard work. That's a lot to carry physically. So you're like putting your body on the line to get that shot and then mentally knowing what your role is in the preservation of the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, something else that we definitely want to touch on is how we understand because we have them, the intrusive thoughts <laughs> that can enter the mind at any given time of day. And we know intrusive thoughts are just that intrusive, right? They don't have warning. They're not fair. They don't play fair. They come at 3 a.m. when you are in your REM sleep and you wake up in a cold sweat and are like, oh my God, this has to happen. And you feel like you just need to get it out out of your brain or get it off your chest. Like that's us. We're on the receiving end of that. I feel like Rachel, you you um, touched on this in a previous episode of for every email you send, there's a person on the other end or every message correspondence that occurs. There's someone on the other end who is responsible for getting back to you mm-hmm. and who is putting in man hours. Sometimes there's a mental or physical load that has to be taken to get your response to you. Like on the front end, there's, you know, in my work design, there's mock-ups and prototypes and things that I have to make before I can even communicate with you about what's going to be possible or what my suggestions are. And so much of that is just, shouldered by the planner slash designer where the person has a thought and they just need to get it out and it's it can be kind of it can put us in a kind of vulnerable place of feeling like 
well, we're people too. And that feeling of just being like completely exposed and accessible at all times by aspects of our work life can be overwhelming. You know what I mean? Well, and it's, it's, <laughs> we're on call. Um, we oh, for sure. we're on call, you know? Um, I think most vendors would actually say, you know, especially those ones that are offering a higher, you know, touch level of service. Um, you know, they say, call me, email me, text me, you know, the, if you have a question now, those vendors, I would say are still primarily focused in on their category. Like I, like Mm -hmm. photographers that are like, Oh yeah, text me if you have a question or email me, you know, I, whatever you want to do, they're still focused on only the things that are photographer related for an example, or floral related or cake related. Mm -hmm. Those of us that have the broader scope of many a thing to keep track of it does it gets just a little bit it can get a little hairy sometimes and you brought up a good point earlier when we were talking about well this is before we were recording the <laughs> level of enthusiasm it was earlier, i know <laughs> the level of yeah. enthusiasm that we have to maintain because this is such an important event for our people it's like a text comes in and you may be super excited about something that happened or you know the not even necessarily excited but this is in reference to an exciting time and we have to turn it on to be very happy and positive and we may be in the smack dab middle of something that is not that same feeling energy that same energy yeah you know I might be in the middle of I can't think of an example right now I'm clearly we talked about grief earlier that's on the that's on the like more extreme extreme side of the spectrum but I mean it could be anything from just inconveniences in our own lives managing like you know you've been in the home buying process before like there are communications and stresses that come with that you know family situations personal situations mental health relationships all the stuff like we when we have time off that's perceived as time that we can spend acknowledging those things in our life and so it can be very jarring to be in the middle of your own life and have to jump into enthusiastic helpful concierge mode to assist you and guide you in in this aspect of your own life that that's that's something that like I said just there's a vulnerability there that can take a toll mentally on event professionals so for and those it has to be done with enthusiasm, like you, you're excited. So I gotta be excited too. And I am excited. It's not like a false thing. It's just keeping in mind that the code switching there can be a little bit jarring for the person if they weren't already in that mindset when you got in contact. And I think something I want to just say too, like this whole thing is for everybody to realize what works for them. Me, I thrive on chaos and the switch, and I am an excellent compartmentalizer. I'm able to do that, and I can handle that, and I'm happy to handle it for my clients. I don't want any of my couples who might be listening to this thinking like, oh my God, I can't text her anymore. That's not the case. Oh, no, 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 no. What I hope people will get out of this is more of an awareness for themselves for vendors and awareness of themselves and what works for them. And for couples who are 
working with either myself or other vendors, you know, just because, just because I get to you pretty quickly, doesn't mean that every single vendor is going to get to you pretty quickly. You know, I can't be the, mm -hmm. the precedent that is the, the main, you know, the thing in which you build off all of your expectations off of. So it's really just kind of a, a moment to just show the options of all the things that are out there. And it's just, it, it doesn't hurt to have conversations with these people that are in the industry and industry people with your clients to just say like, in order for me to give you my best and give you a hundred percent, this is what I need as far as making this a sustainable practice for myself. For sure. So yeah. The empty cup analogy is my, one of my favorites because it, I can't, I know my personality type. I cannot pour from an empty cup. I would argue that no one can, if your cup is empty, it's going to be incredibly hard to give of yourself, which is the entire crux of this. So I can be available to you. I can't promise you my best self though. And I want to be transparent about when I can do my best work and give you the best options and be the best version of myself for you. If you're demanding my time and my energy during a time where there's a lack, it's going to be, it's, you're not, I, I don't feel confident that I can give you the experience that would be of the most value to you. That's, that's something to just keep in mind. So it's like, if I'm in grief, that's not going to be optimal, Kelsey. It's just not. <laughs> it's if, if I'm, you know, dealing with a, a traumatic event, if I am experiencing a low period in life, there's a certain amount of professionalism that I can bring no matter what the situation and that, you know, in all of our lives, certainly we go through things. Um, however, I want to be clear when there's like a serious situation and it requires my attention so that really what I'm trying to do is set us up to pick up in a strong place and you get my full self and my full energy. So, you know, you feel like the value of the service that you're paying for and that you've invested emotionally in at this point is being returned to you. And you know, there's there's a, a term that I hear a lot, especially like in mom culture of being t touched out, like when you've been called all day, mom, mom, you know, your kids are touching you all day and everyone needs you for everything and nothing gets done without you. There's an there's a element of that that can happen regardless of if there's been trauma or a situation in our own personal lives where just as a planner, it's almost like a, a little bit of like motherhood over events where Everyone needs you for everything. Your clients need you, but the vendors are also looking to you. So many vendors do such an amazing job of promoting planners and being pro planner. They only, some vendors have gone so far as to only work with clients or require their clients to have a full service or whatever wedding Something, planner, yeah. which is amazing. And that's so awesome. But what it does is it makes us the thoroughfare to any and all wedding tasks. So any intrusive thoughts you have, maybe you're texting your photographer when you have a photographer thought, but chances are I'm included in that communication as well. Chances, like any thought you have about anything, you're going to run it by your planner. Anything that your vendors need to know, they're going to run it by the planner. And it can get to a point where you feel like you're hearing your name so much and you're turning left and right so much as you're getting whiplash. And that can be like digital whiplash of like looking through your different email inboxes or like on the day of when you're hearing your name a million times and you're trying to keep track of a task that's coming up 
while in the middle of a task that you've already begun. You know, I know the caterer needs me and the photographer needs me. And I'm telling the photographer to hold on for a minute or two while I address things with the caterer. But I have to remember what the photographer told me. There's like wedding a day is nuts. Touch. It is a like <laughs> marathon on all fronts, a brain marathon, a body marathon, everything. And you're just trying to figure out where I put my phone down. Like it's, <laughs> it is something to behold. And it is about the most satisfying, fulfilling, valuable experience that I have like most definitely elected to enter into. But just speaking from experience, it can be difficult at times, depending on the circumstances, to feel like you are celebrating. You're in a constant mode of celebrating others. You're in a constant mode of being energetic for others. This is so exciting and so important for these families. And we're right there with them. And sometimes when you take a step back, it can be a little bit illuminating to realize, huh, when is the last time I celebrated me? When's the last time I took self-care time? When's the last time that I acknowledge that I have needs and that, you know, if you're, you know, there's, there's an aspect of it even to be acknowledged where it's like, I am unmarried. I, you know, have not been in their shoes. So I'm, you know, there's planners that are married, there's planners that are unmarried, there's designers, all that good stuff, but it's like, there's a whole different aspect of it. Like Rachel can speak to being in the industry before being married and being in the industry after being married. And like, there's a certain amount of relatability and just the whole thing can be such a mental mind blowing. (laughs) It can be such a mental explosion. Yes. Circus that. It's just so important for us to stay grounded and to understand that it's okay. We can normalize being human. We can help educate our clients as to how to help us do our best work for them. That's really the best way I can put it. Not necessarily leave me alone or, (laughs) you know, (laughs) give me space. It's literally help me help you. I want to be the absolute best version of myself that I can be. And here's how we can work together to make sure that that's the case. Mm -hmm. Love it. So vendors give yourself some grace clients please give your vendors and yourself some grace (laughs) everybody give everybody grace (laughs) i would say there are so there are very few vendors that i've ever interacted with or worked with and that i have maintained a relationship with that do not deserve some grace y'all are doing an amazing job Mm. and please understand that we appreciate you and we couldn't do what we do without you and we're all really killing it and I you know just just think about what you need and realize that the more you pour into yourself honestly the more you can pour into others love it gorgeous well you guys we have a listener question (laughs) I I mean great by the time that i add the theme song and all the stuff then it's gonna end up being long anyways but y'all uh, love us you love hearing us talk don't even <laughs> are you just hoping if we like tell them did. enough times they're gonna believe it <laughs> <laughs> this was some good stuff i think it stuff. was so worth it is so worth the listen this is a but tough yes. one but it was listener it's good. question listener yes, question yes, for yes. Sure. <laughs> there's clearly a delay because of the zoom <laughs> Oh, anyway. is there? Yeah, a little bit. I don't bit. see it on my end. Oh, oh I, I'm hearing it on mine. Um, it's fine. Mm. All right. 
Hey, Cordially Indicted. I'm curious on your thoughts on what is a polite way to decline being a bridesmaid. I have a friend Mm. that I think is going to ask, but I'm tapped out on being a bridesmaid and in trying to be prepared for if she does ask. Any ideas? Sincerely, 27 dresses. Well, this is an excellent question. This is also, let's just take a moment to say this is precisely what we mean. If it is a wedding adjacent question, it doesn't have to be about planning. Or it doesn't have to be about like, you don't have to be a vendor or a person getting married. This is an excellent example of anyone who is listening can get some benefit out of this. I love this. Because have this we not so all been there? Have we not all been there? Not even specifically in the bridesmaid realm, but just being asked to do something and you feel like there's an obligation to do it. And you're like, I just don't want to. Like, <laughs> No, I, and well, this is also good because it's, I feel like this is also in the vein of protecting your peace. So as far as advice on how to politely decline, what are your thoughts, Kelsey? You go first. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it A, depends on your personality type because we just talked about being people pleasers and all of that. <laughs> so it can be very difficult to to approach this conversation with a friend who obviously loves you and cares about you deeply and has envisioned you in their wedding. Definitely want to acknowledge that right off the bat and not say like not dismiss your feelings about being hesitant. However, I think identifying why it is that you would not want to participate in being a bridesmaid is very important for two reasons because it can help you be very honest and clear and confident in your discussion with your friend who's getting married who's asked you to be a bridesmaid and you can speak from a very honest heartfelt place when you are delivering this news um or I'm gonna throw in another option into the ring and say that is there a specific thing that is holding you back from being wanting to be a bridesmaid that if that thing was not a part of the picture, you'd be happy to do it? Is it a financial thing? Is there some some way you can back off on some of the financial obligations that would make you be like, oh well, otherwise I'm good? Or <laughs> do you not is it like- something do you just not <laughs> right? It's like, do you not want to do it? Do you not like the other bridesmaids or groomsmen or the the groom or the bride? (laughs) Right. If you feel like you can't co-sign on their union or or something I heard this week that has, it's just going to stick with me forever is as an invited guest and specifically as a member of the wedding party, are you going to be a person that is going to be able to hold the couple accountable for the vows that they're going to take? That is your onus as a member of the wedding party. And if you feel like any of those things are out of whack or out of touch, then that will help you determine if it's really that you just, you don't feel like you can co-sign on the whole situation or is it that I can't afford this. And if I'm not obligated to travel out of state for all the showers, I can make it work. And I love you and I'd love to be a part of it. So identifying that why would be step one. And then if it turns out that you truly are just uninterested, I would say that honesty is just the best policy. And that if this person loves you and cares about you dearly, that you could approach them with, hey, I would love to be a witness to this union. I don't think that at this time in my life, I can dedicate the financial or mental or social investment that it would require of me so I hope that you understand that I would still love to attend the wedding but perhaps not not be involved in this capacity I literally couldn't have said it better than that that's amazing (laughs) thanks put it on a blurb and sell it on the website 
<laughs> there it is. Bridesmaid declination package. <laughs> yeah. Figure out your no, why. I think and that's amazing. If, you don't, if you're if you're not, if you're just not feeling it, if you're just exhausted, you have the right to be. You don't have being asked to be a bridesmaid is not an obligation to be one. And that goes on both sides of the party. You can totally turn it down. Um, so be confident and know that that you're not a bad person or whatever. And whatever the reason is, it's valid. And just being able to communicate that in whatever way is best. But if there's a chance there that you'd enjoy it and that you really do want to do it and there's just one thing standing in your way it might be worth talking to your friend and seeing if that can be adjusted or amended to meet your needs a little bit better fantastic well thank you guys for listening and checking in with us this has been this has been a very cathartic episode i feel good i was gonna say it's been so cathartic it feels so nice to be to be people it's this is the point again (laughs) the point of this podcast (laughs) has been to humanize this industry to make vendors approachable, to help clients understand that we're just like you, like not and in like a celebrity unders- way. Yeah. Help, yeah. You know, help like vendors just- realize their solidarity and we can all help each yes. other and whatever they decide in building their business, just feel validated in what works for you, what works for you. Right. Bridge the gap. We are business owners, but we are people lovers. We're love lovers. There's all these things that go into running this specific type of business that go so far beyond the money that it's in countless ways, really. We could never touch on all of them. So thanks for hanging out with us and listening in and making your comments and asking your questions. We love that. We are in need of some content for our other segments, however. (laughs) I will take this opportunity to say that we need a couple more a little more investment in some of our other areas. We have plenty of questions and answers and please do keep submitting those if you have them. Questions and answers are great. Um, We've got a lot of things that people apparently want to see funeralized. So I guess we'll get on that. Y'all are ready to (laughs) bury some things. There's, which maybe we need to do, maybe we need to do group funerals, like multiple things at a time. Right. Because there's so many. (laughs) And there are some that work like that kind of go with others that's mm-hmm. like if we're gonna bury this then we need to get a plot and bury this one next door like the whole this family is, yeah like we need to go ahead and put get like a what is those like a family crypt <laughs> <laughs> just put them all together but yes but we are also really um excited about potentially doing you may now diss the bride segments this will be handled with the utmost care and completely anonymously. So please, if that's your hesitation, worry not. No names will be shared. Um, even if you do happen to submit with a name, we'll just change the name. Like we're not, we're just going to do it with anonymous. Yeah, we won't put you on if blast. You, yeah, if you've been in a situation where you could stand to see a member of um, a couple have a little more what is it, decency or in, or sincerity or sensitivity or whatever the case may be we would love to hear your story and discuss it and give our little two cents because you know we're like that and additionally what's our other one is that it's taking the it's taking is we, we kind of we have some content for that one, but I think we really need some content for this the bride so <laughs> if you guys are interested please hit us up via dm or submit your indictment on cordiallyindicted.com 
that is cordiallyindicted.com for any indictments and any submissions, general questions, any uh, business inquiries. <laughs> Sponsors? <laughs> you know, we're at that point. <laughs> Sponsorships, all of that good stuff. But yes, again, we mentioned this on the last episode, but we are now on iHeart, Stitcher, and Pandora, in addition to Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. So check us out on any platform that works for you. Please rate and review us. Send in indictments on the website. Share the podcast with a friend, etc. You can also follow both of us individually at Kelsey Williams Weddings on Instagram and at Rachel Willis Events uh, on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. As a matter of fact, we have all the socials because we're millennials. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thanks right. for spending time with us and we'll see you on the next one. See ya.